everybody to Uptown Drama, and this is Christy. And, and Jeff, we forgot to do to do. Oh, okay. Uh, welcome everybody to Uptown Drama. Do, 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 do. Okay, right. there we did it. We did it. Um, and again, today we have a really, really, really special guest that I'm super excited about. That we just want to have an amazing conversation with Jeffrey. You want to introduce our guest? Oh, it's my pleasure today. Uh, we have uh, Akeem Babatunde. He is an amazing director, an amazing actor, educator. I've had the pleasure a few times now to set design for him, and it's always a crazy fun adventure when I get to do that. Um, he he has some history here at Theater 3, so we're doubly excited to, um, to talk to him about that. So without further ado, welcome, Akeem. Oh, thank you. Listen, you know, of all the amazing artists in our uh, Metroplex, you know, that we go unrecognized sometimes, but of all the amazing artists, I am just so honored to be with two of my favorite ones. That's you, Christy and Jeff. Thank you. That's, that's, that means a lot coming from you. No, I, I mean that Jeff uh, designed a couple of sets for me and they were just spectacular. And Christy, I just love your work, and and I never worked with you as a director, but I love what you bring to the Metroplex. It's so thank neat. you. We've been on stage together only once, and I want I want I know. to do it again. But we did. We were in that crazy version of Inherit the Wind. Yes, we were at the Dallas Theater Center. <laughs> that was. It was very, it was super interesting. And, yeah, I and, thought so. Yeah, I mean, at first we were like, what is happening? We don't know what's going on. <laughs> but then, you know, it just ended up being like a just a really interesting experience. It really and was. The other time that I've been with you in the room was just as a reader. You were directing Mountaintop. Oh, right. And you were auditioning, uh, I think, H Hassan. Uh, yeah. was in it but Hassan was gonna have to leave so you were gonna have you were auditioning understudies and um I came in and I, I was asked at the last minute to come in and be a reader for your auditions and that in and of itself just being a reader in the room with you was an education like oh, seriously it was it was wonderful to watch you work with actors I appreciate and, that of course my husband has designed for you John Flores yes I love him <laughs> He just loves you too. Oh this morning, my. I told him that I was interviewing you today for the podcast, and he was like, "Oh, tell Akeen I love him." I love him. Back. <laughs> <laughs> oh. so tell us about your earliest memory at of Theater Three. Um. Well, thank you. <laughs> my, my maintenance man would say, "I'm sorry," and, and my dog is acting crazy, but um. My earliest memory was uh, knowing when I came here that there was another theater uh, besides um, the Dallas Theater Center, which is why I came here. Adrian Hall brought me here to join his company at the time. And I heard of um, Theater Three, so I wanted to go over and investigate. And meeting Jack Alder, he looked me up and down like, mm, who are you? In a <laughs> sense, it was a, it was a little um, takeover. So you're at the Dallas Theater Center. 
<laughs> now you're coming to theater three. What you got to offer? Or what do you want from me? And we had that, and I knew that's what was happening. And um, then he was so gracious um, the next time I met him and he said, we need to talk and we need to find a project to do. I said, are you kidding? Of course. So the first project I got with Theater 3 was something called String Bean mm -hmm. with Leslie Uggams. <gasps> Here? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. It was a tryout before it went on a commercial run and Leslie Uggams was here doing the uh, tryout of, of, of String Bean. Oh and my gosh. Was, Did oh, we know that, Jeffrey? I had no idea. No. It was I... based on um, Ethel Waters, the young Ethel Waters. And it, it did very well. Uh, Billy Jones, um, he, he's, he uh, was worked a lot here before he uh, moved to New York. He was in that production. And uh, it, was, it, it was just a love. Then the second experience I had was when um, Jack brought me to his office and gave me the once over again. <laughs> and in a, in a fun way, you know, he had that way of just looking over you and seeing what he could find. And he said, you know, I'm getting ready to do, uh, they want us to do Man Child in the Promised Land. And Man Child in the Promised Land was required reading mm -hmm. when I was in uh, school. And I said, oh, of course, I remember Man Child in the Promised Land. I said, that was, that, that was something I had to read in, in uh, junior high school. And he said, well, they're thinking of doing a movie about it. And uh, I think, um, oh, what's his name? Oh, he won a ton. How can I forget his name? Ugh, great director, controversial African-American director, Spike Lee. Spike Lee. Oh, <laughs> Spike Lee was thinking on directing his movie. So he said, um, talk to me about it. And I talked to him about it. And little did I know he was interviewing me. Mm -hmm. And um, he said, you need to direct that. I said, yeah, that would be good. He said, why don't you direct it? And he gave me the production to direct. Uh -huh. And it was the, the, um, the stage premiere of um, the book, Man Shall in the Promised Land by Claude Brown. And he came and saw it, and uh, at the time, there was a young actor who credits me to this day. His name is Michael Washington. Uh -huh. He just was nominated. He won an OB. Uh, he uh, was on Broadway in The Boys in the Band. Yeah. And um, I said, little, little Michael? <laughs> he said, oh, my mentor. Oh, Akeem, you gave me my first job. You helped me to be, and he says that every time, you know, he, and that's a beautiful thing for yeah. someone to say about you, but he was in it and it was a fantastic production. And then Jack looked me over again and he said, I can come visit me. I want to do Lost in the Stars. Yeah. And I said, ah, oh, I love Lost in the Stars. I was actually cast as an understudy on Broadway wow. when I was young. It, it lost in the stars and then the show closed. Mm -hmm. And I never uh, I got the contract. He said, oh, well, help me with it. 
So I didn't know what he was, but he asked for suggestions of people. And then we, I, we, I sat in on, on the auditions and then he said, you're gonna play, what's his name? I said, oh, okay. So he, he just knew I was going to play the lead. He just assumed it. And that was my uh, third experience of working with him. But I love Theater 3. Wow. Did you ever get to work or did you ever get to meet Norma? I met her in passing because mm -hmm. she was losing her sight at the time. Mm -hmm. But I did meet her uh, in, in passing. And there was just this figure, you know, I can't describe it but it was a figure of, um, of unspoken power. That's, that's how I, I, I can describe her. Wow. And she was very sweet. You know, she knew who I was, but I didn't, you know, yeah. I didn't know who she was. You know, you're one of those people that when people are in a show uh, or doing a show or whatever, and you know, the talk starts backstage before you know the house opens and all that stuff. You're one of those people. I don't know if you know this that the actors will come backstage and go like, "Akeen's in the audience. Akeen's <laughs> opportunities in the audience. So bring it." Somebody, like, did, somebody did tell me that. Uh, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I'm Liz Michaels' mentor mm -hmm. and a host of others. Social story. Uh, a lot of people's lives I've touched. Yeah. And, you know, Akron, Watson. But um, Liz would always, oh, Jesus. You coming tonight? Yes. I know. I, I, have sh I have shared dressing rooms with Liz many times. And every time it's, you know, someone walks in, like the stage manager will walk in and say, well, Akeem got his tickets. She's like, what? He's coming tonight? <laughs> he didn't tell me. Yeah, she'll, she'll want to know what I'm in the audience. She'll get real, real nervous. And I'm like, you, you are Liz Michael. You are Liz Michael. And she's like, it's Akeem. <laughs> that is such a beautiful affirmation and, and, and lovely, uh, lovely thing to say. It is. You are you are one of the, you know, you're just one of the the, the artists here in Dallas that, you know, uh, make this city shine. It's just true. Thank now, you. you mentioned something earlier about how Jack looked you over, you know, mm -hmm. that thing that's kind of like. Have you ever experienced that? Oh, I have. I have experienced it. I have experienced not with Jack, but I have oh, experienced okay. it before. But I've experienced it, be, you know, because you said that it was the idea of like, oh, you're here from the Dallas Theater Center. Yes, yes. Here, you know, do you find that that happens a lot here in Dallas in the Metroplex? Like if you are somebody who's associated with a particular organization in, in, and when you, I first, you visit somewhere else and suddenly people yeah, are like, huh. <laughs> when I first um, came here, you know, and people didn't, you know, I came from um, Trinity Rep. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. That was my home. Oh, I love Trinity Rep. <sighs> I don't even want to start crying, but you know, that, that, those, that, those people were my family. Yeah. And I left there abruptly. I was supposed to do um, Joe Turner's Come and Gone mm -hmm. with Ed Hall, the late uh, Ed Hall. And um, Adrian Hall said, darling, I need you to come to Dallas. Said, da, 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 do me a favor. And I said, and I said the ho a horrible thing, guys. I said, I'm not coming to the place um, 
who killed Kennedy. Are you kidding? <laughs> no. And that's such a little did I know that this would become my artistic home and the place I feel safe and can breathe artistically, spiritually, mentally. And some of my friends in New York said, why are you still in Dallas? I said, because it's home. Mm -hmm. So when I first came, you know, coming from a Tony Award winning company and being a member of that company, people would say, well, who are you? Or who do you think you are? Right. You know, and then I became part of the family of Dallas. And it was a welcome kind of thing, you know, like at uh, Stage West, you know, at the time there was a theater the Dallas Repertory Day, it, uh, in, in Fair Park, uh, uh, not North in, Park. in North Park. Yeah. Um, that became a home for me at uh, of some point. I directed a, two productions there. So it didn't, it wasn't so much, it was almost like an honor, a mm -hmm. kind of subtle honor, you know? Now for you, it might've been different because you, you know, were, a, 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 a celebrated member of the company. And, you know, they probably did say, well, why is Christy coming over here, you know? But, <laughs> yeah, but, I, I mean, I'd been in the city, you know, I've been in town for a long time before that, before I became a member of the company. Right. Um, right. I just, you know, you know, I find that, you know, there, there have been times when I've been, um, uh, like gone other places to work uh, that yeah. are that are not the South, that are not Dallas, right? Like New yeah. York or you know Providence or wherever, and being a a, a Latina artist, um, people you know ask you they or or they assume that you have a, a particular body of work, right? Because yeah. of of your ethnicity or whatever, and when people find out in other places, like the kind of stuff that I've done and the kind of stuff I've directed and the kind of roles that I've played, they're always surprised to find that Dallas is my home base. And yeah. they're always surprised to find that I have had those opportunities to direct a diverse, um, you know, body of, of work or that I've, I've gotten to play roles that perhaps I would have not had the opportunity to play if I were auditioning in New York or in Boston right. or right. in Rhode Island or whatever. Um, you have been, lived both places. Did, yeah. When you came to Dallas, when, when did you come to Dallas? Uh, 1989. And uh, as, a, as a Black artist, did you find that you had more opportunity here or was it hard for you at the time to I mean it doesn't seem like it was difficult for you to, to make your niche but like did you find that it was easier to gain opportunities here as a black artist than it was up north um, when I came uh, the complaint was uh, that artists weren't artists of color black artists weren't working except mm -hmm. the um the classic um, Black History Month. Mm -hmm. And when I came, um, there, there was a need for, because before I came, um, there was um, the Minority Repertory Theater, there was the Janice Players who were out of um, oh, yeah. the Dallas Theater Center. And um, there was a company that um, Irma Hall was a part of and, and Vicki Washington. Mm -hmm. There was um, 
the Sojourner players. Right. But, it, but there wasn't, um, at the time, a professional company of um, uh, that, that gave opportunities on a professional level, I mm -hmm. thought, to Black artists. So um, I created a company under the aegis of the Dallas Standard Center called Vivid Theater Ensemble. And it was Dallas's first African-American professional company. Most of us were equity. I, and a few of them got their card through me. Liz got a card through me, uh, Billy, mm -hmm. you know, and we had equity contracts. And we were around for five years and it started to flourish. It started to flourish. There was a certain kind of way that black artists um, were being respected and worked. There was, um, of course, uh, a, a good friend of mine, Tyrese, was in town working right. as an artist, but there weren't, um, I, I didn't, and let me say this also, there's always, you we, as an African-American actor, even though I'm an actor, you know, I always have to fight. Oh, yeah. I always have to be better than. I always have to be one step better or one step up. I had a fantastic experience. Uh, I directed Black Pearl Sings by Frank Higgins. Yeah, and I was the musical director at Addison Theater when Terry directed it, but then I actually directed it when I came back from all places, Vienna. <laughs> I went to wow. Vienna to direct Black Pearl Sings because Frank and his agent fought for me. Because even over there, they said, well, we don't know this man. He doesn't have a Broadway credit. Right. And the agent said, I don't care. And Frank said, I don't care. That's the man who's going to direct my play because I love his sensibility. And um, I had to fight yeah. because when I went over there, the, in, at the oh, and it was the hoity polloi of Off Street <laughs> sitting in that. You know, the first readings are always kind of scary, but they were sitting in that meeting, and that, the, I, I kid you not, they had my plane ticket ready to send me back if I didn't know what the <laughs> hell I was doing. And I presented my concept, and then um, talked about it. The artistic director, she fell back in her chair. She said, "We're in good hands." We're in good hands. And she left the meeting. And one of the actresses, uh, Carol, who was in it, she says, honey, if you didn't know what you were doing, you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be here. And even at opening night, I'll never forget this. It was like the creme de the creme of Europe. Beautiful red carpet and limbus beige. Wow. It was fabulous. And I came up and we had a cake for each of us. Cake with my name. And um, when I walked in, they applauded. I said, oh, yeah, that's what we do opening night. And she said to me, Carol said, who is this party for? Every time I tell the story, I cry. I said, oh, it's for us, it's for the cat. She says, no, my dear, this party is for you. Aww. She said, and if you did not know what you were doing, they would shun you. They would turn their back when you walked in and nobody would be running to you. And she said to me, she's, and, and she said, you, you look like you're like a little kid. She says, now, <laughs> you remember this, your gift has made room for you to sit in the presence of kings and queens. 
That's from the Bible. She said, when you go back to America and you don't get opportunities because of your skin, you remember this day. Oh. And I never forget that. She said, you remember this day and know that you're worthy despite of what society may say or how hard you have to prove. Yeah, you find, I mean, I, I find anyway, and I know that like, I mean, as a Latina, I navigate the world in a very different way than yeah. you do, Akeem. But I, I find that I have to walk into a room, now I'm telling my secrets, but like when I walk into a room, I have to already walk into the room like I own it. Yeah. You know, I have to walk into the room like I already uh, am the boss. Or you get run over and, you know, it's, it's, uh, I'm sure it was, it's been that way for you as well. Absolutely. One of the things that I've always admired about you, Akeem, when I've seen you in the rehearsal room, because there are not a lot of directors, I think nowadays, who can, who can do this. You are a firm director. Mm -hmm. Your actors love you for it. And the, most of them, that magic. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Muslim. That, that <laughs> magic balance of being able to do that to be a, you you are the you are at the helm, but the actors trust you and love you for it is is pretty magical. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard, you know, th that's what I mean, that's one of the things that John, you know, who my husband who has been in the room with you. Oh. It, where he, he you know, he no, yeah, I mean, he uh, what was it? He worked with um, you uh, it was the candy? it was booty booty candy and i think Octoroon. so and i think and octoroon yeah. and i he came back and he goes it's just he's just wonderful to watch in the room with the actors like i'm just i just sit back and like marvel at at you know how he handles the room thank you um where did you learn that is it just i grew up in new york brooklyn new york and I grew up during the Black Arts Movement. Mm -hmm. People like Leroy Jones, whose name is Amiri Baraka. Um, the, in the time that I was growing up in New York, Sam Jackson mm -hmm. and his wow. wife, we were all contemporaries, Denzel. You know, we were all paving the uh, thing at the same time. And so I grew up under a lot of people who were consistently searching, searching for their excellence. And I consistently search mm -hmm. for the best possible thing, the creation to come. It's like, I'm a, I love the fact of being a vessel. And what happens sometimes, which I notice with young artists is somebody will tell them they're fantastic or they sing well and all of that. And they believe the hype. Mm -hmm. You know, they believe the press and they stop working. Mm -hmm. And I learned to always consistently work and don't arrive. Don't, uh, somebody told you you were good and you believed them. I learned from the great Ellen Stewart, who was one of my mentors. Wow. At La Mama Theater. I grew up wow. in, I was in the company of La Mama Theater. With Andre Shaban, uh, oh. uh, um, she was the mentor for uh, Tom O'Horgan. I actually mm -hmm. did it, the Tempest 
that Tom O'Horgan directed, and they were unique. They never, they never saw things a certain way, you know. Uh, I remember being uh, the great Divine, the um, actor Divine, who's mm -hmm. known for Flamingo. He yeah. was a fan of mine. He would come to La Mama and watch <laughs> me perform. And then I would go across the street where he was and watch him perform. And there was never anything that was ordinary. Nothing yeah. was ordinary. And that was drummed into me from um, Ellen. You're, yeah. you're not ordinary, baby. Don't don't show the world as it is. She'll be young. And I, it must have went into my soul. And I learned from Adrian. Right. Adrian, you could you what was on the page was did not appear on that stage. He could take, I remember seeing the crucible at um in when you were there directing, you might have heard of it, but the crucible where he changed the theater around and the actors were on top of the ceiling, banging on the ceiling during the, uh, a particular scene. So the audience is, was almost claustrophobic. Wow. There was a feeling. So I watched all of these, these great um, um, figures who God gave me the opportunity to be mm -hmm. around and they never ever did things order. And I learned from Bill Dukes. Bill Dukes is a celebrated um, Hollywood director. Yeah. And I was in a show called um, The Secret Place that Garrett Morris wrote. And I loved how he directs. I loved that, um, and I was glad he'd do it to me, but he put, <laughs> somebody was needing to feel like they were boxed in and he put him in a, a trunk and we had to sit on that truck. And I said, oh no, I'm boxed in, baby. Don't put me on that truck. But it's those kinds of methods. They may be unorthodox. Yeah, you couldn't I mean, do that now. No, we couldn't do that. Oh, no. no, I'd want to, but that's what I want to do. It was, but it was a different time, right? Like that it is was a different, different it's, a, it's a different New York. That is a different, a different uh, New York theater where things were just like out outrageous and 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 the lines were were blurred between say like avant-garde theater and yes. the, the kind of things that divine was doing i can't yeah. wait to tell my daughter my daughter worships divine oh i love so divine i'm gonna uh, um, tell her and, and i learned from also michael bennett mm, oh wow because my brother was one of the original stars of dream girls he was nominated for a tony yeah, for that yeah yeah and i loved that when my brother would come home you know come you know back and we talk he'd say uh well um it's so it's not linear it's not going to be linear i remember he called me the first time jennifer Holiday sung and I'm telling you I'm not oh. going and heard me listen on the phone oh. in a rehearsal. And and I knew then. I knew yeah. then. So where I, I liked that aspect. Right. I liked that aspect of doing something um not ordinary. And Adrian, my great director, mentor, instilled that in me from just yeah. watching him. Yeah. Now like the nineties and the night because I came to Dallas in ninety two or 93 i can't remember it was the early 90s but there was a lot of like really cool experimental weird stuff happening in the 90s yes. in dallas and i 
I miss those days. Like, I mean, and I came and I worked with Cora Cardona, yeah, who yeah, is yeah. the founder yeah. of Teatro Dallas. And she's the person who like, she's my mentor. And, you know, I cut my teeth with her and she was bringing people in from Europe and people in from Mexico and, you know, Europe and Latin America always uh, have always been kind of more avant-garde than yes. we are. Um, and I'm like, do you miss those days of like avant-garde weird shit happening? Absolutely. And, you know, that's why I like working with um, Jeff because to, to um, it's true, you know, to design a set for me, because when I directed um, Spunk, um, I was like, he said, well, where are we? And, and then, oh, God, the nickel and dime, the five and dime nickel. And, I don't know what the name of that show was, but we did it at Mountain View. And I always like the fact that I can go all over the place and just be buggy, you know? Yeah. And he'll bring something out that I never thought about. I never thought, I missed that. And I, I don't know this. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff is a secret freak. Yes. <laughs> Yes, and I love that secret freak. In, Me in too. Our, why not? I, I do. I love the secret freak in Jeffrey Yes, Schmidt. yes, yes. No, I miss that, and I and um, and I miss putting our teeth in the work. Mm -hmm. You know, not yeah. wanting something happened to me uh, with one of my mentors, George Houston Bass, because. I ended up going to be an artist in residence at uh, Brown University under a theater called Rights and Reason. And that's yeah. when I wanted to join Trinity. I would go for years saying, can I be? Uh, and then Marion Simon, who became my big, big supporter and made me come to Dallas, she would say in a strange way, we have our quota. We have enough mm. black people in the company. That's what she was going to say. And something happened. But in any in any event, I like the fact that um, I, I don't stop, that we don't stop looking and searching, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't want um, anybody to, uh, in my work, I don't want anybody to say, oh, he does the same thing over and over again. When I did Mountaintop, it didn't, I didn't want it to be ordinary. Right. Oh, that was a great show. Thank you, honey. Oh, my God. It was so good. And, and to, to this day, and I love Tiana. I love Tiana. But oh, yeah. I, I, it is the it is the 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 best thing I've seen Tiana do, and I, yeah. I, that's yeah. I'm sure it was because she got to work with you so closely. We were hard also. on her. We were very hard on her, and um, and hard is not a bad thing. No, it's, it's not just demanding. It's you know, my not. mentors were demanding of yes. me. I had a mentor one time who I well, it, I was at Trinity, and then I was working at Brown, so I thought I had arrived. Right. So he was directing me in a play and I was giving like this thing. Oh, what is he doing? How dare you? Do you know <laughs> I'm an actor at Trinity? And he beat my foot when he knew what I was doing. He spanked it with his hand. He said, don't you ever, ever do that to me or anybody else. Who in the hell do you think you are? And you know what I did? I cried like a baby. I was like, <laughs> he said, yeah, you cry. And you make this, you better make sure you understand this lesson. Don't you ever do that again. You, and, and when I did My Children, My Africa, another little thing came up. You know, they chose that show for me. And I'm human and the ego and little bit came up and they brought in a great director, Clinton Turner Davis from New mm. York, who was a friend of mine. And he was on my ass like white on rice.
Yeah. He was like, oh, you're a good actor, but we're not going to have any tricks. And that's what my brother would tell tells me when he directed me. He said, oh, they say you're good. You, we're not going to have tricks this time. I love he, it when a director pushes me. Oh, I love it. And he yeah. pushed me. And what I was doing is I wanted the, as a human being, I wanted people to give me good uh, reviews, the awards, and I got all of that because he was on my ass. And actors these days, some young actors are too fucking sensitive to be, and you you don't know Preach. what the fuck you're doing. You, you just got here. You better right. listen to those who've been around because that's sacred wisdom. And I sat at the foot of masters and soaked up their sacred wisdom. Like James Earl Jones' father. I played mm -hmm. his son in a production and I sat at his foot. I sat at the foot of Harvey Fierstein. The first time we saw, cause he was in the La Mama Company. And the first time I saw Torch Song Trilogy, he said, again, come, 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 come darling. And I said, what? He said, I want you to look at this play. And I was watching the rehearsal of it. I said, what the fuck is this, uh, Harvey? He says, Torch Song Trilogy, you love it, darling? I said, it needs a little word. But I had that kind of relationship. Me and my brother Olga, we used to go to uh, um, Harvey's um, dressing room where we did a show together, where we did the secret play. And he used to do Marlena Dietrichs for us. And we loved that. <laughs> and I see Harvey today and he's, oh, I gave him a bubba, 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 tunde. I love you. Remember, we're part of La Mama Babies. That's what we call. I wow. love that. And I miss that. Yeah. I mean, and I, I yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly about you know sometimes they don't they don't want to um it's too much ego you uh, know they think they they're already there and, and and instead of shutting up and listening to the people in the room who have been doing it for a long time yeah yeah you know. i mean the tough it's it's the tough moments that define us and i know that can be that can be negative as well as positive but yeah um but yeah, it's it's those the toughest challenges is, is what makes us, you know. Mm -hmm. yes, you can't tell is. anyone who's young that you just have to experience it. And yeah, they got to figure it out later. And so I've heard um, rumors that sometimes that can be very hard. And um, the actors who are my cadre of people I've worked with who love working, they say, "Well, too bad." Yeah. Yes, he is. He is. You gotta come into the room with your shit ready. Yeah. Or he yeah. will tell you, go study or go read Respect for Acting or something by Viola Spolin. He will yeah. tell you where to go and study. Yeah. Because <laughs> you yeah. need to study. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. No, but some people like the so some young people don't they don't want to hear it. They wanna, you know, yeah. I there there's a one of my favorite stories about uh um, Blake Hackler, who, oh, you know, he's Blake, good. he's fantastic. And he's a professor of acting at SMU. Yeah. One of my favorite stories is he, one of my students at Booker T got up in his class, graduated, attended SMU, was in his class, got up and did a monologue. And Blake was very quiet <laughs> and, said yes. to, and, and then said to him, it's obvious to me that you have been rewarded in the past for mediocrity. Ah! That's not going to happen here. 
And some Take of the words out my mouth. Boy. Right. And some of the students were, you know, quite offended by it. And I was like, good. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. Um, and, you know, do you, what what do you learn? What do you learn by being told that you're good all the time? My right? brother has a saying. He says, um, mediocrity is the norm. Yeah. These days. And he says, um, you know, the do you want to just, um, and he got an Emmy Award. He told this story. I can't remember, but it's about like glass being half full, you know, and, and not being full. I can't remember, so I wish I could. But we talk about that all the time. And we talk about that in our own work. As brilliant as he is, he's my biggest critic. And um, I'm his biggest critic. He'll say, well, hey, did you see what I did on TV? Was it good? What do you think? And we, we I, 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 I trust that. I trust the eye of my of Tosha story, who's mm -hmm. my assistant director in a lot of productions I do. Yeah. She tells me, honey, um, what you're doing is fabulous in another world, but ain't nobody else gonna know what that is <laughs> because it hasn't come down from the ether. You're still in that other world. Now right. we need to make it clear to the world. Yeah. And I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. You're doing something at Undermain next season, uh, aren't you? Like oh, yes. Season. Can you tell us? Because I know what it is, but I want the world to know what it is. Um, it's blind. It's based on blind Lemon Jefferson, which we have. Uh, my colleague, my um, support system, Alan Governor, years ago in 1996 or seven. We went on a journey of writing about the um, Prince of Country Blues, Blind Lemon Jefferson from out of um, uh, Deep Bellum. And we've had a fantastic journey. Yes. So that journey took us to Europe, to mm -hmm. European tours. And that journey took us off Broadway. I ended up winning an award <laughs> over Susan, Susan Troman. <laughs> yes, I did. I won the Adelco Award and she was up for the same award. That's my claim to fame. <laughs> <laughs> for the direction of blind, of the musical blind. So anyway, we ended up in another um, version of it called Lonesome Blues. And we actually did it off Broadway for off Broadway one. And Catherine oh. directed it. Oh. And that she Owens. was brilliant. And um, it, 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 it was celebrated. It did a, a successful in New York. So when we wanted to bring it back. And I, um, I, I feel that I got to let it go, you know? And so um, um, Jeremy Davis, who was in a production of um, um, Abyssinia that I did before the uh, the um, pandemic, he's gonna play the lead. Oh. And it's a one man show mm -hmm. based on the life, the moment that his life is about to end in um, Chicago because uh, he freezes to death because the chauffeur never came back from him. And it's a fascinating story. And I'm so grateful um, that I'm doing it at the Undermain because what I am doing really is just um, um, supporting Catherine's direction and uh, what she did on me. Yeah, there's another legendary gave no fucks, did whatever yeah. she wanted to do. Yeah, I started, I started at the Undermain uh, College and I was, you know, thought I had arrived. And I remember shortly before I started there, there was a murder in the alley um, out back. 
And I just recently drove through Deep Ellum and I saw there's a Patagonia store in Deep Ellum. Oh my <laughs> God. Like, what, is, what would Blind Lemon think of Deep Ellum now? I know. <laughs> yeah, that's it's changed. <laughs> changed. Akeem, thank you so much for talking to us today. What a pleasure. What a Dallas treasure you are. Thank you for that. We're so Thank lucky you. to have you here. I'm so um, lucky to be here. And uh, I hope you have a, a, a great day. And, and I can't wait for the show at the Undermain. And Thank I can't you. wait for you to be able to come back at work at, at Theater 3 in the future. Oh, yeah. when, when well, you're going to have me it. back. I'm we do. Back. I want to act. I want to act. Yeah. Yeah, we still have that. I, I have not forgotten about the uh, waiting for Godot conversation. Oh, right. That is always. Oh, with Terry Vanderfort, another treasure. Yeah. Oh, yes. You did Lost in the Stars again. I would love to do that with Terry Vanderfort. Oh, that is a great idea. Yeah. All right. Have oh a great day, Akeen. You too. Thank you for this. Thank bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks.